0: Hi, my name is Hillary. This is my first podcast ever, and it is for the class STS-1010 at Clemson University, and it is for a research project. So today, I'm going to be talking about one of the alternatives to fossil fuels, um, which is solar energy, and specifically, I'm going to be talking about the toxic waste that is dumped and produced after solar panels are broken or they don't work anymore. I think a lot of people have the general idea of solar energy, but they don't really know everything that goes into it, which was exactly where I was before I heard a different podcast um, on the NPR station in the car. And this kind of sparked my interest just because, like I said, I, I really didn't know much about it. Um, for all I knew, it was just like a pretty up, up and coming technology. And um, I really thought it could help save the planet. And that's really all I knew. I, I wasn't very informed. So I listened to this podcast, it sparked my interest. And I had um, some questions for myself that I wanted to answer um, regarding the toxic waste emissions. And today I'm going to be kind of exploring the questions, what are the effects of toxic waste on the environment? What are the effects of it on humans? Um, who Who is being impacted? Where is, it, where is it being dumped? And what are the laws surrounding toxic waste in the U.S. and in other countries? And lastly, in conclusion, I'm kind of just gonna be saying whether I think the payoff is green or not and what I found in my research um, to be true. So so I first, when I decided to start my research, went to Clemson Libraries and got on a database and I started researching toxic waste and solar energy and really didn't find much. And I wanted to start here because I prefer to start somewhere reliable. And if I need to branch out into a Google search, because when i I know from a database it's reliable, I have access to it from the university, I just thought I might as well start there. So I didn't really find much relating to solar panels, but I did find um, a lot of information on the laws of toxic waste dumping and um, the laws kind of like surrounding toxic waste. A lot of it was about um, toxic waste in other countries, which I wasn't particularly interested in, I kind of wanted to focus on the U.S., um and i also found just a lot about the two solar panels and then toxic waste separately but not much on um how they relate to each other so i hopped over to google and i found quite a few articles that talked about toxic waste related directly to solar energy and I was kind of skeptical. Um, Obviously, it's just the internet. I know it's biased, but I really tried to use sources that I thought seemed legitimate and that um, were factually based and seemed like the author of those articles did their research. So yeah, that's kind of where I was. So um, in my results, I have a few articles from like a few peer reviewed articles and um, in journals and then I have a few articles from um, the internet, just websites. So now I'm going to jump into the results that I found. But before I do that, I just want to talk about how solar panels are built and what goes into it so that you guys have some background knowledge before I just start talking about all this stuff that doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. So an article by Angela Chen helped me understand how solar panels are built. And understand the challenges of solar waste. So I found that there are different types of solar panels, but mostly all of them contain aluminum, excuse me, glass, silver, and elastic material, sometimes called ethylene vinyl acetate. And the problem is that none of those are dangerous, but they can contain more dangerous cancer-causing materials like lead, chromium. And cad- cadmium and so these are like very dangerous chemicals that often go into sa- solar panels but not always and solar panels they're sealed off with glass which is great it makes them extremely safe no problems there but when the glass breaks the substances can leak and they can leak into the soil they release into the atmosphere it can affect the drinking water and that's when it becomes dangerous this risk is especially high with cheaper made solar panels, which is becoming increasingly popular because of um, China are producing these cheaper solar panels. And it's kind of like we want to implement solar energy in the United States, but it's expensive and not everyone can buy a nice solar panel. So of course, the cheaply made ones are being bought in the US and they're here, and so it's happening right here in the U.S. Wind and rain, um, sometimes snow, or basically any extreme weather can break the glass, which um, releases the chemicals, and this is something that we need to be conscious of because extreme weather isn't going away um, on the environmental path that we're headed, so this is going to continue to happen. Although it seems like those chemicals leaking in the case of a hurricane isn't minor compared to the damaging effects of a hurricane um, in the long term it 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 will be detrimental because we will continue to have extreme weather and then I also wanted to just real quick give the definition of toxic waste from the e p a they say that Toxic waste is a waste with properties that make it dangerous or capable of having a harmful effect on human health or the environment. And this is basically perfectly matches with all the evidence that I have. So it truly does make what is in a solar panel toxic waste if it is released. Okay, finally, now onto the results. So now that we have some background information. I want to talk about the results of toxic waste on the environment, and in the website instituteforenergyresource.org, I found that according to analysis by Environmental Progress, solar panels create about 300 times more toxic waste per unit of electricity generated than nuclear power plants. I thought this was super interesting because I would have never guessed that. I guess I more found it shocking than interesting, but Um, nuclear energy is kind of frowned upon, and it's kind of has a negative connotation right now, but um, solar panels create 300 times more toxic waste per unit of electricity. So I thought that was super interesting. In another article titled, Solar Panels Produce Tons of Toxic Waste, Literally, by Bill Wirtz, he mentions um, a professor by the name of Ray West. Who is a professor of geochemistry at the Scripps Institute of Oceanography? And Ray West explains that a number of solar panels release nitrogen trifluid or NF3, which is a chemical compound that's seventeen times worse for the atmosphere than carbon dioxide. And of course, um, this number it sounds extreme. Both of these articles I just mentioned, you know it's kind of like they're a little dramatic um, you know seventeen thousand times more worse for the atmosphere. But it's important to note that I think that the general idea of the public is that we're on a path to renewable energy, and that's something that can really help save us. Environmentally, but um, if solar panels really continue to grow at the rates that they are, um, the compound NF3 could really become detrimental. Um, In that same article, they mentioned that Stanford Magazine points out that solar energy has a higher carbon footprint than wind and nuclear. So that's just like a little added on because I'd already mentioned the nuclear energy, but it also has a bit higher carbon footprint than wind. In the website instituteforenergyresource.org, I found that in November 2016, Japan's Environment Ministry issued a warning that the amount of solar panel waste Japan produces each year is likely to increase from 10,000 to 800,000 tons by 2040. 2040 is 20 years away, and it is going to increase from 10,000 to 800,000 tons. That's a really large increase, and um, I don't know, I thought that was important to note because that's a huge, that's just, that's a really large increase. But more importantly, I wanted to talk about um, basically the world's plan for disposal of the toxic waste, because that's the larger problem. Um, And the country, Japan, has no plan for safely disposing its toxic waste at this point. Um, 2040 is 20 years away at this point, um, and they have no plan at all. Um, I should also mention that the average lifespan of a solar panel is... 20 to 30 years at the expensive um side of solar panels and then um zero to five years like about five years for the cheaper side of solar panels um so that is important to note because in about 20 years the more expensive solar panels will be um They'll be dying. They'll break and not work anymore. And um, Japan will have a h- huge toxic waste crisis that they have no plan of disposing of at this point. Um, again, from the website Institute of Energy Resource org, which was the first um, website I referenced, I found that. California is one of the world leaders. California, the state alone, is a world leader in deploying solar panels. And it, likewise, has no plan for disposal, despite its efforts to boast its environmental consciousness. And only Europe requires solar panel manufacturers to collect and dispose of solar waste at the end of their useful lives. So right now, Europe is the only place where they're implementing plans to um, safely dispose of their solar w- or toxic waste. But um, California alone is, has no plan. So next I want to talk about the effects of toxic waste on humans. According to an article called Toxic Chemicals in Solar Energy, a cancer biologist by the name of David Nagoon, um, He claims that toxic chemicals in solar panels include cadmium, telluride, and the list goes on, for about uh, seven or eight more chemicals. And these are all byproducts of producing a solar panel, and they are all highly toxic. Toxic waste facilities are predominantly cited in working class and low-income communities. I wanted to point this out because um, the people who are being affected by this aren't me. They're not like me. They're probably, they may not be like you, but people are being affected by this and they will be in the future. And the toxic waste facilities are often in communities of color, which just reflects the disportionate burden placed on these communities by a political economy of growth. That distributes the cost of economic growth unequally so this is important to mention because the producers of these toxic i mean of these solar panels are people making money right i mean they run a business and they're trying to make money but where they're dumping their toxic waste is just extremely inhumane they're dumping it in these communities where they know the people Um, won't lash out, don't have the means to do anything about it, often can't move or afford to go somewhere else, and it's just extremely wrong. For example, I wanted to talk about a specific town in Massachusetts. So in an article titled, A Community Perspective Based on Experience with a Symptom and Disease Prevalence Study Near Toxic Waste Site, published in the journal, of epidemiology, the author Flickinger discusses the effects of toxic waste on the town of Massachusetts by saying that the residents of Woburn, Massachusetts were startled several years ago to learn that their children were contracting leukemia at exceedingly high rates. By their own efforts, the affected families confirmed the existence of a leukemia cluster and demonstrated that it was traceable to industrial waste Carcinogens that leached into their drinking water supply. So this was in the '80s and doesn't directly relate to um, solar energy and its toxic waste. But this is just an example of a working class, low income town that was affected by leukemia because of industrial waste car- carcinogens that linked into their leaked into their drinking water, and. Um, So that's just an example of that, although it was in the 80s and not specifically related to toxic waste energy. We're not going to see things like this because solar energy is so new that that if the solar panels last 20 to 30 years, um, we're not seeing these big leaks of solar energy into the water because they haven't, the majority of them haven't really broken down, but because we implemented all these solar panels at the same time, and they all have a similar lifespan, they, they're they all at a similar time going to break, no longer work, and then we'll, we may see um, the effects of it on, on people and where it's being dumped. So, Lastly, I researched the laws surrounding toxic waste, and um, basically, I just wanted to find out more about what are the laws in the U.S., and um, are there any laws, and how is Europe um, treating their toxic waste problem? So, I found that in an article titled The Solar Panel Toxic Waste Problem, that the European Union has a long required solar panel manufacturers to collect and dispose of their solar waste. But in the U.S., only very recently since 2016, has Washington state alone been the only state in the U.S. that has had any recycling requirements on solar energy. I thought that was super interesting because we often see this trend of Europe being the leading environmentalists of the world, they're often far ahead and we, as a country, usually have a lot to learn from them or that we should take from them, but don't environmentally. And I found it really interesting that the first laws around disposing um, toxic waste directly related to solar panels was just until 2016, which was super recently. There are other signs that policies are changing, though, and Hutzler, who is a senior fellow at the Institute of Energy Research in Washington, D.C., mentions that one solution energy policymakers are considering is adding a fee onto the cost of solar panels that would make it easier for them to be removed and recycled. And this is a really great idea, but you have to look into the um, payoff of solar panels then economically? Are the manufacturers of solar panels still going to be making money if they are paying a fee to take away the toxic waste? So that's something that we're definitely going to have to look forward to in the future and figure out a plan for. So that was pretty lengthy and a lot of quotes and references, but all in all, my conclusion is that it's all well and good to be excited about finding a promising technology in solar panels. But what's more important is to be thinking ahead. And that that's kind of where we as a country have been lacking and really solar energy is just not as environmentally conscious as many people think. Um, It's expensive. We're not really sure in the future if it'll be economically um, beneficial and it has serious waste disposal issues that very few countries are tackling. Um, So after looking at the effects of toxic waste on the environment, on humans, and the laws surrounding it, um, the main thing that I took away from this research project was really just that we need to be looking ahead to the future and um, it's something we're not doing right now and that I hope policymakers um, are trying to tackle right now and we can look ahead into the future because I am young and I have a long life ahead of me, hopefully. So I really just hope we can look into the future um, regarding solar energy. So that is the end of this podcast. Um, Thank you for listening and have a good one.